special treat today. I have an interview, an origin story with Kevin Isaacson, my longtime friend. Perhaps we were competitors in the very beginning, competitors in business, competitors on the golf course, but friends through it all. So, Kevin, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Jim. Thanks for the invite. I have uh, a bunch of sponsors I like to thank. It's not getting them out of the way. It's it's putting them front and center. Uh, Beckett Media, uh, which includes all the different Beckett entities, ComC, SueMC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, our mutual friend Rob Barris, Mike Fruitman at Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, and of course, Tops, Upper Deck, and Panini. Kevin, you're familiar with virtually all of my sponsors, and I'm hoping you approve. <laughs> yeah, great folks all. Uh, well, tell us about your origin story. I know we met a long, long time ago when you were working for uh, Crossing Publications and uh, uh, played many key roles there. And so we kind of started out competitors, but we've always been friends and we played golf and had uh, fun together. Certainly had great times out in Hawaii, where I believe you are now. But tell us about your origin story and how you got involved in the hobby, how you came to Crossing Publications and, um, and, and where you are now, which is interesting. Well, thanks for the opportunity, Jim. I... Uh... Sports enthusiast and card collector uh, as a kid, like many of us, and uh, uh, was also interested in journalism. And my career goal as a high schooler was to uh, someday cover the Green Bay Packers for a Wisconsin newspaper. And uh, shortly after graduating from college, I was so fortunate to have an opportunity to cover the Green Bay Packers for the Green Bay newspaper. My dream cool. job, and I, I love doing it. But uh, what's a great job for a young guy uh, who's not married <laughs> is not a good job for a guy with a young wife and two daughters. Two daughters. So, yeah, you're right. So it uh, it became apparent that uh, I, I needed to find something that was more conducive to the lifestyle my wife and I wanted to have with our kids. So uh, I, w I was looking around, and there was a Wisconsin company that had a sports division that involved collecting, which I I'd always enjoyed. And the mix of sports and collecting and media led me to Krause Publications. And that's really where our relationship started. Uh, that's a kind of a, I mean, they, they were huge in our industry, but they were in a very small town or very, you know, kind of rural Wisconsin. Was that uh, attractive to you or did you, were you a big city guy or did you like being out, uh, out in the country? I, uh, I actually, uh, on the way to work in the morning, would see more deer and more cattle than cars. I know you can't imagine that, but that is, that is, that's true. Every day you could count the deer and you'd see more, more animals than, than vehicles. And it, it really was appealing what uh, Chet Krause put together, uh, just a very significant business in a tiny town, um, was amazing. Uh, and there were some, you know, economic advantages that really, I think, propelled his business forward, um, that wouldn't have been as prevalent if he were trying to do it in a bigger city. I'm sure our readers don't or listeners, whatever, you know, anybody out there in the industry doesn't necessarily know that there's a big difference between an editor and a writer and a publisher and all these different things. But you moved, it seemed to me from in your, in your uh, start in the hobby and your contributions, you started out very much editorial and then you moved more into the business side of it. Is that kind of the journey that you took or? You're, you're exactly right. It, uh, I, I started just as a, uh, a writer and loved it. But um, there was an ability to have uh, more and different impact by working, uh, working events and then leading teams and eventually moving to the business side. But at the core of everything I've done has always been communication and specifically interpersonal communication. I really like working with people and helping people. And uh, that's really what I do today. 
So uh, take us through the uh, – give us a timeline here because, you know, some of our listeners may not have been born when you and I met. So, I mean, what, what, what are we talking about here? Because you, you've had a lifetime of, uh, of major contribution to our industry and to, to, uh, to several companies. So, so give us a timeline with some dates. I appreciate that. And it's kind of scary to think of that um, we met before some of our listeners were born. That's, that's scary. That, 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 uh, that uh, hit me a little bit. But um, I, I started working formally in the industry in the late uh, 90s, Prowsey, uh, and had um, about a, a five or six year run there uh, working with, uh, with the Sports Collectors Digest team and related publications. And uh, then uh, left to do some consulting and project work. And really did that um, for the better part of 20 years uh, before I uh, was fortunate enough to uh, join your former company, Beckett Media, where I've worked and been affiliated for about the last seven years. What, um, you know, listed off my sponsors, uh, you did work for several of those or, or at least their predecessors, uh, perhaps. So tell us about some of the consulting you did. That was fun. Uh, glad to. Uh, among other things, uh, Worked uh, as a industry expert for eBay uh, early in its uh, iteration. They uh, had a program they would uh, employer or work um, consulting relationships with people who knew industries because their market people were so new to various industries and they moved them around every 12 to 18 months. They really wanted a stable presence in each of their core markets to help that new marketing person understand who to talk to and maybe where to go. So that was a fun relationship. Um, for probably 10 years, I was the consistent uh, player in eBay's sports collectible approach to the market. And they ran, I think, seven associates through during that time. So that was fun. I was fortunate to work uh, at Playoff with uh, uh, Ann Blake when she owned the company and uh, was helpful in uh, when they acquired a baseball license. Uh, to team with their football license, was was able to participate in that and uh, had a whole lot of fun there. At some point, we can talk about the uh, creation of the black box, which was so popular for many years mm -hmm. at industry trade shows. That's something that uh, uh, I put together along with uh, Tracy Hackler, Rob Springs, you know, some of the guys who had at one point uh, you had hired on at Beckett. We we did some stuff when I was down at playoff. Uh, so and and I've, I've had the opportunity to work with really virtually every company um, in our industry in some form or fashion um, over you know what is now you know thirty years. Can I ask you a tricky question? Since you, I, I think that's a very true statement. You have worked. Are there what what company that is now no longer around because there are some defunct card companies and others? Is there one in particular that you miss that you really thought you know what really had it going and then? And then, and then they didn't. And not due to your consulting, but uh, is there anybody out there that you think really brought something uh, interesting to our industry that you missed that you you wish they were still around? It's a great question. Um, you know, I I I liked the real um, high end niche thing that Playoff had going when it was a football only company. There were some really right. creative products, that, you know, things that uh, you just hadn't seen before. And uh, I'm not sure how, how those folks did it because it was a very small office, but there was some wonderful creativity that came out of that. Uh, that company obviously struggled as it got larger yep, and right. uh, probably, you know, the, you know, the too fast growth might have led to its, its demise. But there, uh, there's some fond memories in, uh, for me with playoff, but maybe that's because that was uh, what was happening when I was new to the industry. And I just thought the, those card products, the pigskin products and whatever were incredible. I think they were. Do you think they were just ahead of their time? 
a little bit? Or? Maybe so, and maybe there was a um, the creative the, the creativity maybe wasn't paired with enough business uh, structure and backing. Uh, you know, maybe uh, a whole lot of sizzle without the supporting stake. So again, you started out as a writer, as editor, as a kind of a publisher guy, but in the business side, especially in consulting with these companies, you're probably more familiar than anybody on the outside, probably, of the fact that these products that collectors love to buy and open, they have to be profitable for the card company. They they can't put, uh, again, it's not $100 worth of value in a $100 box. Their cost has to be uh, less than what they sell it for. And uh, many of these uh, companies put in a lot of expensive stuff. They have to pay for the autographs. The production values are high. Did, did you get into the, into that in, in your consulting of how to how to engineer more value without increasing the cost prohibitively? I did, um, and it was a, a, a wonderful exercise. There are some really brilliant people who work for the card companies today, and some who've left. But it, it is a uh, both an art and a science what they do to be able to build a product that, from a collector's perspective, delivers value and is enjoyable. Uh, it's it's really amazing to take you know whatever you might want to say fifty dollars worth of you know legitimate expense and create a box that sells and people are happy to buy it for a hundred dollars or more. There's some magic in that. I would suggest. Well, I, also, yeah, I, I, yeah. I have the ability to work on on, on projects uh, and and learn from people and maybe offer some ideas. But uh, folks, again, like uh, Nick Matevich, Rob Springs, Grant Sandground, um, right? There are some some really brilliant people in this industry who do that day to day. Yeah, and then the other factor that again, I don't think that people think about this as much is that same fifty dollar cost that is put out at a hundred dollar SRP. That's also greatly affected by the uh, just the quantity produced. If you produce too much, that's a problem. If you produce not enough, well, that's sort of good. But in the long run, the card companies are trying to, I think, uh, you know, produce to to the legit demand. Did they you get are. involved in some of that forecasting of, uh, of oh. that? Because you can't predict what rookies are going to hit big, but you hope that at least one or two or three will. Yeah, it's a again. There's a bit of science. There's a bit of art to it, but. Uh, Right now, the kind of concern in the industry is uh, there's not enough product available and yeah. produce more people would buy more. The companies uh, are, are having challenges acquiring enough autographs from uh, compelling athletes to right. their products. So it's a wonderful yeah. thing um, in the industry and from a manufacturing standpoint because you know, they're, they're producing to the capacity of the assets available. It wasn't always the case. Kevin, we're almost out of time. I'm, I'm definitely going to do more episodes with you, but I'm trying to keep these episodes to 15 minutes or less, and we could go on and on and on. But last question, what was the what was your favorite job or thing that you did in the industry? You're recapping your illustrious career. Uh, was it something to do with the Hawaii show or you know, what, what was your favorite moment or your favorite position? What, what are you most what are you proudest of? Probably what I do today uh, with Beckett Media, uh, because uh, it's it, I'm, I'm in a position where I can work with guys like Brian Fleischer and Mike Payne and Ted Barker and many others, and just help them do really good things for the collecting community. Uh, they're they're collectors at heart, all of them. They're committed to the Beckett brand in the industry, and it's really just fun to be able to support them. Um, I would say though, with a little asterisk, the Hawaii Trade Show. Uh, element to what we did was a blast because again I was able to engage directly with everybody who was trying to make a difference in the industry and it was fun to have a little bit of insight into what they were trying to do and watch them leverage it during a week-long trade show in Hawaii. 
Well, Kevin, you did a you did a super job of that. That was always uh, fun, and you you brought uh, a lot to it. And weren't always sometimes you were behind the scenes, but when you were involved, uh, things happen. One thing I've learned, listeners, is that the older you get, the more important it is that you enjoy not just what you do, but who you do it with. And I've always enjoyed doing things uh, with Kevin in this industry, and I'm glad he's. I didn't know he was going to say that Beckett Media was one of his high points, but so be it. Uh, you know, we're I'm I'm the Beckett Publications guy, and Beckett Media is carrying on and doing a lot of good things, and they got a lot of good people, including Kevin, uh, helping him. So, thanks, Kevin. Thanks, listeners. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. And Kevin, I absolutely want to do future episodes with you. So, uh, again, thanks for uh, being here and taking time out from your busy schedule to. Uh, interact and uh, share your stories with our listeners. So again, thanks everybody. Thanks, Kevin. Be back tomorrow.